Welcome to the Sound on Sound People and Music Industry podcast channel. In this episode, SOS author Paul Tingen talks to Hugh Vinay, Director of Innovations and Means of Research at the IRCAM Institute in Paris. The legendary French IRCAM Institute was founded in 1970 by composer Pierre Boulet at the request of then-president Georges Pompidou. The Institute continues to be 100% funded by the French government. IRCAM stands for Institut de Recherche et Coordination Acoustique Musique, which translates as Institute for Research and Coordination in Acoustics Music. IRCAM is famous for developing a wealth of groundbreaking music technologies and for playing a crucial role in the creation of avant-garde electroacoustic classical music. Much of the software developed at IRCOM has also found its way into the mainstream. And some mainstream musicians have found their way to IRCOM. For example, Frank Zappa in 1984. Sound on Sound first visited IRCAM in 1996, which resulted in an article that was published in the December issue of that year. Almost exactly 25 years later, we revisit IRCAM to see what is going on there today. We talk with Hugh Vinay, IRCAM's Director of Innovations and Means of Research. Remarkably, Vinay also featured in our 1996 article. Hello, Hugh. Welcome to the Sound on Sound podcast. First of all, you've been working for IRCAM for a long time. How long exactly has it been? Well, yes, I arrived in October 94. And so uh, I've stayed actually at this position till then. That's a long time. So you must really enjoy your job. Yes, exactly. I didn't find better elsewhere. <laughs> so do you have a musical background yourself? Yes. Uh, so so I, I'm a pianist. Uh, I did the classical studies and then I played jazz with people. Uh, so we, we did concerts, we, we did records, etc. But, but uh, now I'm too busy to, to continue, but I hope I, I will be able to, <laughs> to do it again later. But your, your job at IRCOM has a more technical focus. So what, what is your technical background? Yes, I'm, I'm an engineer in, in digital uh, signal processing. So this is my training. Okay. So let's get to IRCOM. So, um, so in 1996, I wrote an article in, about IRCOM and I came to Paris and you were one of the people I interviewed. Yes. I've been looking at the website of IRCOM and it's incredibly rich. There's many, 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 many aspects and you could, you could spend two hours just on the website. But if you would have to encapsulate today, how is IRCOM different from 25 years ago? What are the core shifts in focus of IRCOM? Well, uh, of course, there are many technologies that did not exist at this time, I would say. Uh, for instance, the generalized use of AI, uh, technologies like web audio. But there, there is also a continuity, you know. Uh, so digital signal processing is, is still uh, a main focus. 3D audio specialization too. Uh, maybe there has been also the rise of uh, sound design. And I could explain uh, in more detail what, what I mean by that, which is not exactly the, the usual mean, meaning of sound design that is a functional role of sound in uh, everyday life. Also, when I arrived, there was almost nothing related to uh, new instruments and gestural control of music. And so we developed also an axis uh, of research, uh, 
So yes, uh, and many other features, for instance, computer-aided orchestration, etc. So, so there are many things that, that we, we can speak about. And even in the themes that, that we were already working on, like 3D audio, uh, there has been, of course, many, many development uh, since then. So would you say, because, I mean, actually, IRCAM was started, was an initiative by Georges Pompidou, who asked Pierre Boulet, uh, to start an institute that was yes. dedicated to musical, acoustic, and computer research. And it was going to be very prestigious because it was in the, right in the center of uh, Paris, right next to the center of uh, the Pompidou. Um, so has, if, would you say that the, the, the main focus of, or the main purpose of IRCAM is still the same? It's just a matter that you've, you've adapted to how technology and the world in general has evolved. Yes, and it's even uh, more true today because uh, Boulez, at the end of the 70s, had a vision of the needs of contemporary music uh, production uh, to, for, for, for advanced technology. Uh, and it, it, it has uh, become true. And, uh, and so, so really, uh, the, this project is, is completely true, and this is the main dynamics of, of uh, activity at Yakan. That is the specific. Of course, we are we are a big lab. Uh, we, we are more, more than uh, I think 120 people uh, working on various uh, research and technological aspects. Uh, and but really, the, the, the main aspect is that this research is first applied to a contemporary music production, and so we, we host many different artists at Yakam and they use the technology, and so we, we have to develop it in a generic way, so, so, so that it fits to very diverse aesthetic uh, needs. And so, yes, Boulez, I can say that Boulez project uh, is uh, still really the, the heart of, of uh, Yakam's uh, dynamics today. But are the, the people who are employed, I mean, does, does the French government still pay for, for IRCAM? Yes. Although you also have commercial partnerships, don't you? Like you, I noticed you had like with Renault and other big companies where maybe the sound design or uh, there are certain connections you have with the business world as well. Yes, uh, and I should develop that aspect because we are very active in that. Um, so th there was a first circle of uh, dissemination and diffusion of our technology, uh, which is the Yakam Forum, uh, which was founded about a little before I arrived in '94. And the goal here of the forum is to uh, disseminate, to distribute all the software that is produced internally for our, for our production to external users. And it has grown a lot. I think now we are about 20,000 uh, users worldwide, so, so it's quite a big, uh, yes, international community. But this is not commercial. Uh, you just uh, register uh, on a yearly basis and you get access to the software. Because I noticed on your website you have a lot of free software to yes. download. Also, uh, but the main uh, channel uh, of diffusion is the forum. Uh, because there are also uh, a lot of documentation. There is a community, you, you can join a community and people, uh, so there are many discussion groups, if you like, uh, on the various software. And then, of course, we have been uh, very active in, in collaboration with companies. Uh, first, it was focused on companies uh, who develop tools for uh, sound production and, and music production. And so we, we have had many licenses, for, for instance, of SuperVP that you may know, which is a, an engine uh, that, that does high-quality time switching, uh, transposition, etc. Uh, 
And then we developed uh, also other fields of uh, expertise in, in relation to the industry. For instance, uh, at, at the beginning of music information retrieval, it was at the end of the 90s, uh, we developed also some specific research. We coordinated the, the first large projects, uh, European projects on that topic. And since then, we, we have uh, developed a lot of the technology that we have licensed to major actors like, like a Universal uh, Music Group, etc. And now, uh, so, so uh, two years ago, uh, no, yes, it was in, in 2019, uh, we, we founded a new subsidiary of Yakam, which is called now Yakam Amplify. And so now this is re really an independent company. So, so Yakam is a majority shareholder. And the goal is to, to, uh, to bring a new step with investors uh, on, on the, the application of Yakam's research to, to, to the world, to, to the industry, etc. The, the generalized power of sound, uh, so application in, in many many aspects of, uh, of our life, not, not only professional, but, but also daily life. If you look at the musical side of things, I mean, are you still very much geared towards classical music, or are you, uh, because of sound design, obviously, you know, we have all the plug-in companies that, and, the, and the door companies, you know, from Avid and, 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 and America and Germany in particular, many companies that develop plugins and sound shaping. Um, so there's a whole, when we spoke last time, all these boundaries were getting blurred. I mean, does it mean that you're also reaching out more to those kind of companies uh, and that kind of technology? Or are you more geared towards the classical world still? No, and even uh, a lot of our technology is also used uh, in sound production, not only in music. Uh, for instance, there is a collection uh, with our partner Flux in France, called Yakam Tools. Uh, so there is a series of, of plugins. And for instance, there is a plugin called Tracks, uh, which implements uh, advanced sound uh, audio, yes, transformation of voice. So you can change uh, a voice in real time from male to female, etc., to elderly person. You can change the, 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 the pitch contour, etc. And this is used, uh, it can be used in, in music, but, but also in theater, in, in uh, and a lot, of course, in, uh, in video and, and movie production. And also, the, in this collection, there is also the SPAT, uh, our 3D spatialization engine, and it is used also uh, in, in all uh, sectors of uh, sound production. So I would say that, that yes, the, the basis of our, uh, our uh, musical production at Yakam is, uh, yes, focused on contemporary music production. This is true, but then our tools, the, the goal is that our tools can be applied to, to much broader uh, musical uh, aesthetics to contemporary music. Because also I noticed that this software language Max um, that went to Opcode and now it's owned by Ableton? No, it's owned, yes, it was owned by Cycling74 after Opcode. And Cycling74 was then bought by, by uh, Ableton, yes, you're right. So does that mean that you work in conjunction with Ableton? Yes. So what, what happens on that front? Is that developing Max or... What is Ableton doing? Is Ableton using your technology and applying it or your research? I mean, how does that work? Actually, they, they did something very clever with uh, David Zicarelli, who was the CEO of uh, Cycling74. They, uh, they were very complementary because Max uh, enabled to uh, build some musical application uh, using high-level programming. And now this can run within life. And so, uh, here came uh, the 
Akam's main tool for music production is still Max, uh, because Max enables to combine various uh, music and sound processing modules. And these modules are the basis of what our research produces. So the research produces uh, advanced algorithms, and then these algorithms are packaged for our production as uh, Max objects. And then these Max objects can be combined uh, for a given application uh, uh, in, a, in a plugin that will run on, uh, on live. And so the workflow is, is quite uh, straightforward. Uh, and it's only high-level programming. You don't need to, to, to be uh, an engineer to do that. And so, yes, we also have a collection called uh, IRCAMAX that is sold by Ableton and that implements some uh, specific sound processing modules. Uh, and for that, we, we develop them uh, with Max. Interesting. So anybody also in the world of electronic music can, can easily work with those tools? Yes. So how has the world of contemporary music developed? Because, of course, the, the the trajectory you know harmony became more and more abstract and we got eight you know, we got first we got you know twelve tone and then we got atonal music and then was under particularly Pierre Boulet in many ways was like uh, an exponent of of going beyond tradition in music and we got unusual sounds and strange things then of course electronic music I mean we had music concrete and then the whole electronic music thing after the Second World War. Um, all, all that is kind of known, but what, what have been the, the developments in classical music, uh, would you say, over the last 25 years, stylistically? Has, has there been attempts made to integrate the electronic experiments more with melody and harmony? Have there been other de developments? I, because actually I'm not... I don't think the main... The public at large is very aware of what's been happening in contemporary music. So yes, I think one, one important uh, aspect has been what we call computer-aided composition. Uh, so this uh, is uh, a line of research and application, and the main software uh, that we developed for that is open music, but there are also other implementations in, in other environments. And the idea here is to uh, to model the various uh, elements, uh, the various elements of language of music, notes, chords, uh, rhythms, in a structured way, so that this can be manipulated by the computer, and then can be generated algorithmically. Uh, and many composers have worked on that. And this goes much beyond what you say that that is uh, scales with, with uh, quarter tone, eight tone. You, you can basically uh, design any scale you want, and you can also elaborate uh, rhythms with uh, no limit in complexity. Uh, and of course, uh, a main concern has been uh, the link with the sound world. In the second half of the 20th century, uh, there has been a movement uh, called spectral, uh, spectral movement uh, with several uh, composers. Uh, who developed links between this uh, symb symbolic world and the sound world. And for instance, who analyzed real-life uh, uh, sounds uh, into combination of notes. And, and they would then orchestrate these sounds uh, with all the complexity of, of the sound, for instance. And vice versa, uh, uh, Computer-aided composition uh, also consists in controlling synthesis from 
discrete symbols, uh, controlling synthesizers, if you like. So it's you consider it as as a, a very broad extension of MIDI, if you like. Uh, and so then you can produce, and the goal, I think, that is not attained at all, that is there is still no generalized language of sound. And so this is really a main concern today in, in, uh, in modern music. Uh, there are practices that enable to produce uh, a musical idea in sound, I would say. There are many practices that consist mainly in combining uh, a series of processes, of actions to the sound in order to, to, to reach a, a given goal. But there is no generalized language uh, that you can apply in order to generate uh, your, your sound idea. Uh, it's still a question of practice, of tools, and, but it's a goal that we try to, 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 to reach little by little. So you're talking about the equation because, of course, in music, you know, we have music notation, which is it's only rhythm and pitch, really. So you, what you're talking about, language, basically to symbolize, like I, I, I have a sample or I've, I've sound designed some kind of sound, and what you're looking for is a way of representing that so somebody else would be able to recreate that more or less somewhere else without actually having heard the sound. Yes, this is the idea. And precisely, we have worked in sound design. That is how, to, so how to describe, is it possible to have a voc vocabulary that describes the sound world in a structured way? And so we have also worked on that. And it combines various, uh, I would say, uh, viewpoints on sound. One is, of course, the sound source. Uh, when you hear a sound, uh, to which sound source does it uh, remind you? Uh, so, is it a percussion? Is it a boat, uh, object, etc.? So, physical uh, mode of production of sound. And then there are some more abstract levels of representation, for, for instance, timbre. And then this can be, uh, this results also from joint studies between human perception and also uh, signal processing. And we are in this articulation between the physical world, the single world, and the per perceived world. Because uh, we perceive some things, but are there, so there are specificities in our perception, for, for instance, masking, etc., or the way we, we hear pitch as a superposition of harmonics, and we, we, we listen to a single tone, for instance. And so these aspects of perception must be taken into account in the way we design algorithms for producing a given sound uh, idea. But you mentioned earlier on sound design because it sounds like a lot of what you're doing uh, would overlap, you know, with sound design. Yes. Also happening in movies and in, 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 in all sorts of fields, even in pop music and in, you know, people are doing all sorts of sound design and trying to create things that sound just a little bit different. So can you talk a little bit about that? How, how, what your overlap is between what you do and, and sound design as it happens more like people who are working in doors and they have Pro Tools or Logic or whatever? Yes, what I understand from, from the, the usual meaning of sound design, maybe sound effects, for instance, you add uh, noise in a soundtrack which is not voice nor uh, music. It's all, all the other kinds of sound that, that are called environmental sounds in a movie, for instance. But what we mean there is that these categories of sounds can be also used in a process of design of an object or a situation. For instance, in a car, 
there are uh, alert sounds, and these sounds are the object of a specific study. That is, which kind of sound should be uh, should we uh, play for a given situation? So this is the functional aspect, and then there is the aesthetic aspect. Uh, for a given brand, a, a given company, and a given round in this company, which kind of sound would fit or not? And you see, it's it's a it's a discussion both on the aesthetic aspect and on the functional aspect. And so yes, we we worked a lot on on that dimension uh, with many companies. I mentioned cars, but, but uh, there, there are other applications. Uh, uh, for instance, with high fashion, they, now they produce also objects that generate sound and that have their own identity. And uh, each time you have a, an object that that uh, produces sound, uh, people at the beginning did not ask themselves the question of, of the aesthetics of sound or its role uh, in terms of information, but now it, it, uh, it begins to, to be more and more admitted by everybody that, that this requires a specific process of design. So that also requires technology, but also psychology, like the kind of the kind of sounds that, for example, if you have a car, um, you know, what the sounds you make in a car, what's, what makes people comfortable, what will alert them, what will maybe kind of really kind of shocked them a little bit if necessary so you you working then with psychology with uh, acoustics all sort of fields yes and also we work so, so basically the, the, it's a process in three phases there is a process of definition specification then there is a process of production of sounds and then there is a process of evaluation and it's a loop there, there can be many iterations in, in such a process and so uh, the last phase, which is evaluation, is probably the, the one we mastered the most because uh, we use uh, methodologies of experimental psychology to do tests with users, to test with people what they hear, what, how do they react uh, with a given sound, etc. Uh, I think the one uh, in which we were less advanced is the first phase of specification because there is no universal language uh, for, for, for speaking of sound. And so for writing, uh, I would say, a definition of work uh, of a sound designer. And so how to specify what we want to, to attain, this actually requires uh, a joint process uh, with the client, with the, the company who wants to have these sounds, and the, the people who will design it. And so we, we have developed this kind of ideation methodology that, uh, if you like, uh, matches uh, the, the given categories of, of sound, how we can speak of sound, and the given categories of the brand uh, and functionality that we, we want to attain. So you want to go beyond, you know, in, in, in electronic music, two guys will sit in a studio and somebody plays a sound and says, oh, that sounds good. And you said, yeah, good, but add a bit of low end or maybe to make it a bit more scratchy. Or So you want to go beyond that kind of, those kind of discussions and be able to define that essentially. Yes, actually, we already do it. We, we have done that for, for a long time, for several decades. I can give a, another example, which is quite original. Uh, it's... Uh, people who produce champagne. Uh, so we work with the champagne, uh, the, the crook champagne. It's a very, I think, great uh, company for, for champagne. And uh, they consider that 
the best conditions must uh, must be set for uh, wine tasting. And so, uh, you know, a champagne is a mix of many different wines. Every year, the, the, the mix changes. But there is a given set, I, I, I don't remember how many, I think it's 200 basic wines that intervene in a mix. And uh, we work with them, and each of the basic wines, we, we, we did actually a sound design related to it. That is, the, you hear some sound while you taste the wine. And the dynamics of the sound follows the dynamics of taste. And so for somebody who is less familiar with tasting, it helps a lot in, uh, in your attention in, in the tasting experience with the sound, for instance. And something very amazing, actually, uh, we, uh, we did a, lis a listening experiment to, to, to people who know very well these wines, and without tasting, they recognize the wine only by hearing the, the sound. You see, so, so yes, so there can be uh, some re some synesthetic relations between taste and sound, for instance. The goal is to, to really create uh, situations uh, with the best possible conditions of tasting. And then the, the sound is a support of this tasting. Well, I didn't say that also the sound reproduction system is, uh, is very well designed. There are many loudspeakers, etc., for the sound diffusion, and so, so that the experience is really the, the best, uh, as, best as, uh, as good as possible. So what about, you talked about the, the three stages, second stage production. Um, what, what kind of things do you use? I mean, do you use modern synthesizers or soft synths or things, or do you still work with your own sound generation things? What, 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 is, what makes the sound? Yes, actually, any, any use for sound collection can be used. Uh, after, it's the choice of the artist to, to, to choose the right uh, modules. But we also de developed now some specific tools for that. Uh, for instance, we, we just issued a tool that is called Scatart. It's the result of European project. Uh, and the goal was to sketch uh, sounds for sound design with voice and gesture. Uh, intuitively, if you do, for instance, uh, sound designers can understand what, what, what you want. So it could be a kind of specification. And now that we have algorithms that analyze various dimensions of sound, uh, we can map these dimensions to other sounds that we have in the library with similarity metrics. And so we developed that, uh, that tool uh, that is called uh, SCATART, uh, in which you can enter uh, a sound from your voice, or you can enter a gesture, etc. so a dynamic uh, uh, signal and it will map to to uh, to sounds that, that you will have selected. But do you use commercial synthesizers like Moogs or Oberheims or whatever or soft synths? I mean, Ableton has a whole bunch of soft synths inside. Yes, so, so, so there, 
so, so it's up to the artist. There is no, no limitation on that. Maybe there are limitations when uh, the sound is produced uh, by uh, an embedded hardware, for instance, in a car. It's very much constrained. And then the artist must uh, work with that uh, sound synthesis uh, device. So I'm just going to go to your website for a moment because actually it's very, very extensive and comprehensive. Um, and so you have at the top, you have research and creation and transmission, and innovations, and it just seems like five categories. Can you talk a little bit more? Because I'm not entirely sure. So what, what exactly is the research into artificial intelligence? So you're building uh, artificial intelligence type softwares that can create music or research music or... Um, or you are, what, what, what exactly are you doing in that direction? Why is it such a hot topic? Well, to, to take again the, the circulation I already described in terms of uh, symbolic representation or signal. First, uh, the generation of uh, the symbolic information can be now uh, given to, to an AI. And it goes much further than before. And uh, we developed, uh, for instance, uh, now uh, computer improvisers. So you, you basically play. Uh, the, the computer that doesn't know anything about uh, your musical style, whatever. There is only a mic. And uh, he, the, the, the agent will play with you. It will analyze what we do and it will react in, in real time to what you do. And so we, we have worked a lot on that with jazz uh, musicians, for instance. So the computer improvises? Yes, it improvises with you. Uh, and we have developed that such that either it's completely agnostic, that is, there is no knowledge on what you will play, or it can have also a scenario, what we call a scenario, which is a, a high-level temporal structure that can be, for instance, a grid in jazz. And then it will constrain its responses to that uh, scenario, for instance, to a grid. But a, a gr a scenario can be also in terms of succession of different categories of sounds. It's not only related to harmony. It can be what you want in terms of dimensions of description of sound. So this is an example of, of, of use of AI uh, using symbolic representation of sound because the, uh, here we, we actually we analyze what the performer plays in terms of notes, succession of notes, chords, etc. It, it would feed an algorithm and then it will analyze it and react also in a symbolic world and then take the sounds, for instance, of the performer to then generate that new synthesis. Thank you, Hoog, for taking the time to talk with us in this Sound on Sound podcast. Thank you for listening. And be sure to check out the show notes page for this episode, where you'll find further information along with web links and details of all the other episodes. And just before you go, let me point you to the soundonsound.com forward slash podcasts website page, where you can explore what's playing on our other channels. Music